Well, I was all jacked up yesterday. Oh, you really didn't do anything in the world of recruiting. They didn't get a commitment yesterday. And they still found a way to rise up the recruiting rankings all the way up to number seven because ESPN's rankings came through. It affected the rankings on 24-7. OU up from eight to seven. It's a pretty good day, Parker. And now as I look at it today, OU is back down to number nine because uh, both Miami and Alabama get uh, big commitments today. It giveth, it taketh away. Yeah, yeah. You can't hold on to a recruiting ranking for too long. It is bound to change uh, on a day-by-day basis. Bama gets a five-star safety, Caleb Downs. Miami, uh, they get a four-star backer in Malik Bryant. But, 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 in whereas OU moves down two spots, back down to number nine, is there any way that one of these two commitments could end up being a net positive for OU? When it comes to another prospect that's on the board? Well, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. Yeah. I think Caleb Downs to Alabama pretty much seals the deal for Oklahoma with Makari Vickers. I think Vickers uh, is OU bound. And uh, my colleague at OU Insider, Brandon Drum, joined me with a crystal ball Saw prediction that. for Makari Vickers to Oklahoma last night. So uh, I had had my prediction in, I think, since June 7th, which wasn't too long after Vickers' good buddy Keon Brown committed and at that point things were trending in Oklahoma's direction uh Alabama kind of stemmed the tide for a while and made things virtually a 50-50 push uh pun intended there right is is that what you're going for Alabama stemmed the tide Uh, no no pun was intended I I actually didn't even catch it as I was saying it but uh yeah this was an OU Alabama battle for the longest time still is as of right now but uh, I'm confident asserting that Vickers is going to be a Sooner, especially in light of the news that Caleb Downs is headed to, to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, Alabama beat out Notre Dame, Ohio State, and some others for this recruitment. Big time, uh, big time commit for the Tide. They're all the way up to number five. Big time get by Miami today. Uh, today, four-star backer Malik Bryant. Uh, Miami jumps OU in the rankings. They are up to number eight right now. But come on, it's all about Derek LeBlanc tomorrow, and text line's already saying, is it Thursday yet? I know! I've two-day withdrawals since OU's had its last commitment. I'm ready to see if Derek LeBlanc picks OU tomorrow. Four-star defensive lineman. And uh, I just want to make sure that you're comfortable with this. I've already done it twice. Oh, boy. But when we do a show to get together... A day after a commitment where you have a crystal ball in. But I don't with LeBlanc. You don't? Well, you need to because I want to come on the air Friday and say, trust Parker's balls is the first thing I want to say like I I, have for the previous two commitments. This one's not going to work out in your favor because I I will not be putting in a crystal ball for Derek. Really? Why not? Well, just because circumstances. What kind of circumstances? Now, look, look, I think Derek LeBlanc's going to be a Sooner. Okay. Uh, I I made a promise long ago that I would not enter a crystal ball in that recruitment, so I'm going to hold to it. And if you enter uh, one in now, the day before the decision, it's – I mean, you're not totally destroying the kid's moment, but you're giving a pretty strong indication of what's going to happen here. All right. All right, cool. That's fine. I respect that. Um, I will still – Will you at least make a verbal crystal ball on this show so I can <laughs> no, still say it on no, Friday? No, I, I will give you no opportunity. To make you and everyone else super uncomfortable when we come on the airwaves on Friday. So I, we've mentioned Derek LeBlanc enough, and everyone's like, yeah, it's a four-star defensive lineman OU's in on. But what what would OU get exactly 
with Derek LeBlanc, the prospect. Well, they would get a bump up to the number six recruiting class in the nation, knocking on the door of the top five. And with the likes of Jacoby Johnson, Tecelia Kana, DJ Hicks, Jordan Renaud, Anthony Evans, uh, Makari Vickers potentially on deck. You figure there's still a lot of upward mobility in this class for OU. But in LeBlanc, you get a stud interior defensive lineman. And that's something that Oklahoma, at least via the traditional recruiting mediums, is not accustomed to getting. They had Gabriel Brownlow Dindy for a minute last year. They had Derek Moore for a minute. But you think back to some of the elite defensive linemen that Oklahoma has had in recent years. Perrion Winfrey was a Juco guy. Yeah. Right. Neville Gallimore was I mean, and I I I don't want to take anything from away from Neville Gallimore. He was a blue chip recruit, but he wasn't a top one hundred kid. Derek LeBlanc, I, I'm, I'm going to actually have to go back and do the research because I would love to know when the last time Oklahoma got uh, a defensive line commits. I, I, sorry, I should clarify. A defensive line signee. Yes. As highly ranked as Derek LeBlanc. This is something I should know off the top of my Surely head. Surely you I, don't I have do to not. go back to like a Jamarcus McFarland, right? <sighs> Surely there's been someone else as a defensive lineman that's been – this highly ranked, but, I mean, no one really comes to mind. And it's not just, Parker, that they're getting a highly ranked defensive lineman, maybe the highest ranked guy that they've had in a while. I always talk about the state of Florida, man. Uh, For my money, that's where the most, that's where the best talent is right now in recruiting. And this staff continues to get high-level defensive players, not from the state of Oklahoma, not two and a half hours away in the North Texas Metro. Not like just because of guys that were situational, that grew up OU fans, or they're very close to Norman. No, man, they are going into the heart of SEC country and potentially getting a four-star defensive lineman that has a Florida offer, that has a Bama offer, that has an Auburn, a Clemson, a Florida State, a Georgia, an LSU. You get the point. The who's who of the Southeast has offered this kid and OU's going to go in there and potentially get him out of the state of Florida, it's big time. I, I, I make a lot about that, I know, but that's that's big to me. Yeah, by the way, I, I take it back. Uh, I was misinformed on Neville Gallimore. He was a top 100 player, the number 71 overall player uh, in the 2015 class. Looking back, the last time that Oklahoma signed an interior defensive lineman as highly ranked as Derek LeBlanc, it was not actually Neville Gallimore. You remember Michael Thompson? Uh, I mean, I, I remember him. I don't remember him uh, out on the field very much. Correct. Uh, so when he signed in the class of 2018, he was the number 72 overall player in that cycle. So that is the last time that the Sooners have signed a defensive lineman as highly ranked as Derek LeBlanc. Six four two seventy out of the state of Florida, like I mentioned. This would be a big-time get, and you, me, everyone else has been saying, all right, but where's the defensive lineman? Well, Derek LeBlanc, here you go. Here's, here's one of these guys. Now, you're going to need more than Derek LeBlanc to really, you know, eventually have one of the elite defensive lines in college football, but it's a start, man, and it's a start, you know, really at a place that you haven't been in in a long time. So this is... Pretty good start for this first-year staff. Uh, between him and P.J. Adabare, Tyler, yeah, that's a that's a heck of a building block. Yeah, and if you get a Kana, four-star prospect out of the state of Utah, defensive line, edge players, be looking real good. 
918 on the text line. Can we please get a ref's t-shirt that says trust Parker's ball? No. No, you cannot. We can. I am actually in charge of designing the uh, t-shirts here at the station. And in fact, uh, we just designed six of them earlier today. Well, I designed six last week, and we kind of like finalized the print of them and getting ready to post them. But... I can make a seventh that says trust Parker's balls and have a like a crystal ball or something underneath that. I, I can easily make that happen. I can make it happen in about 15 minutes, in, as a matter of fact. You don't want to be a part of this? Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, okay, so you don't have to give me the whole rundown on the T-shirts. Okay. But what's, what's the coolest T-shirt that you've designed? Um, Among I, those six that you mentioned. Let me, uh, let me pull up the exact designs again. So I have, um, I have one shirt that basically says, for, for those of you out there that don't think Bedlam football is a rivalry, well, I have a t-shirt coming out that's just for you, okay? That's, that's hit number one on one. You know, some stations listen to everything we do, Parker. So I am a little bit uh, apprehensive just to yell out the t-shirt designs that we have because God knows there's one station in particular that seemingly every new idea we come up with, they try to copy it about two to three weeks later. No. So that's, that's what I, you know, that's right. I have one um, basically saying that 11 a.m. kickoffs suck and I will be wearing those pretty much every single home game this year. Um Breathe if you hate Texas. I, I've got one about Team 128 because Brent Vittables continues to reference this team as Team 128. There, there's some cool t-shirt designs and, and more to come. And as always, hey, I am open to ideas. If anyone out there has any t-shirt ideas that they think would do well, 405-651-3439. Text it in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Send it to me on Twitter. I, I don't care. I'm always up for a good t-shirt design idea and i've already got one today with the trust parker's balls i I think it would be i think it would be a hot seller i really really would jim in arlington says by the way tyler for a moment you had bubble voice on the air i did what what is what is bubble voice what is that a reference to i don't know bubble voice interesting uh another listener asks is Derek leblanc defensive tackle or defensive end uh he'll be on the interior so he'll be a defensive tackle and i would imagine the sooners look to take at least well, I, I know they will look to take at least one more, potentially two. And when you're looking at who else could uh, fill that role in Oklahoma's signing class down the line, you're looking at several guys in particular, Johnny Bowens, Caden McDonald, Edric Hill, whom we've talked about extensively, uh, as well as Jordan Renaud. That's another Alabama-Oklahoma battle. The Tide and the Sooners, man, they're going head-to-head for quite a few dudes in this class. We uh, we haven't seen that. And not only just, you know, the situations previously have been for offensive guys, right? And OU fans immediately, bad uh, running back recruiting vibes enter OU's head, uh, OU fans' heads. I understand that. But now it's defensive guys, more times than not, Parker. And OU's winning, winning! Some of these defensive battles against Alabama. Which has not happened okay. in a long time. Okay. Reggie Grimes. Now, Reggie Grimes' dad, uh, whom I believe his name was also Reggie, if I'm not mistaken. He played at Alabama back in the day. So I remember Reggie Grimes being a pretty high-profile Alabama OU battle that OU eventually came out on the winning end of. But it is not the norm for Oklahoma to go toe-to-toe with Alabama for elite defensive players and win those battles. This speaks volumes for Brent Venables and this defensive staff. Somebody said, 
Make Teddy a bring back the Choco Taco t-shirt. Yeah, that would actually sell really well because um, there's a lot of people upset. And Miguel Chavis would at least buy a bring back the Choco Taco t-shirt. If anyone was just as upset as Teddy over this whole thing, it was Miguel Chavis. So I, I think we could ha- at least have one OU assistant coach. He's so passionate about it, he might wear it during a game this year. Could you imagine him running out of the tunnel with the ref bring back the Choco Taco t-shirt? That's that's amazing. a heck of a promo. <laughs> If you get Miguel Chavis to rep the ref. <laughs> Somebody said, do a Surrender Cobra logo on a UT helmet. Listener 31 shirts, definitely the best. Yeah, and a lot of you got those, uh, which was pretty cool, especially those of you in uh, Tulsa. SEC equals Sooner Enhanced Conference. Hey, you guys keep throwing out ideas, and we haven't even gotten like half of them. We'll, we'll throw them on a t-shirt, and we'll print them out and see, see how well they do. Also, Kendall, shut up about Cole Adams. <laughs> we can let it go. The ship has sailed. It's over and done. Yeah. I will be wearing those 11 a.m. kickoff suck, though. I think to every 11 a.m. game this year, I will be wearing one of those refs 11 a.m. kickoff suck t-shirts. I don't know if you'd like to join me in that or not, but um, I will be sporting one probably at least half the season. Yeah, well, I I would imagine that uh, since I have to be down at field level, on game days, that's probably a violation of the informal dress code for media members. So I probably cannot join you in that. But hey, you know what? Maybe I'll throw it on after the game gets over and we're out doing the post game show. I, I love this one. I trust Parker's balls more than his vehicle. <laughs> What's the update? It's hard not to. What's the update on the uh, car situation? Uh, I, right I still now? have no update. So my mechanic's lift broke, apparently. Oh my gosh. So his lift broke yesterday. And so he's like, yeah, I got to get that fixed before I can check out the car. So it's just it's one thing after another. You've been man. Ubering about here. Like surely you have some sort of a does Uber do a loyalty rewards program like Chick fil A and all the other fast they, food restaurants? If they do, I feel like I'm due for a coupon or something. At least an Uber hoodie or something, you know? An uh, Uber T shirt. By the way, Teddy's trying to sell me his car right now. So Which one? Um the he's got like a Ford Fusion. Teddy has a Ford me. Fusion? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh uh-huh. uh. Teddy Lehman. Teddy Lehman, the one, yeah. the guy that works here, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, has he a doesn't Ford drive Fusion. It. He doesn't drive it. It's not the car he drives, but wow, he has a Ford Fusion. Like, yeah. what, what do you say? Would you would buy my Ford Fusion? <laughs> like, what, like, did he give you a price on well, it? Or what? At first, he was just like, "Do you need? Do you need a loaner?" And I was like, ah, "Actually, that's, that's nice. A, uh, it is very nice, and I appreciate Teddy for that." So I told him. Uh, once I hear back from my mechanic with definitive word on what the situation is with my car, I'll let him know one way or another. But, uh, no, he did give me a price. Like, he gave me the rundown on the car. He texted me pictures. He was like, yeah, here it is. Uh, I got to sell it. So, wow. The biggest I, upset of the day is Teddy has a Ford Fusion. I have no idea listen, that I'm just letting you know, one. There's a legit chance I end up buying Teddy's car, too, because it's, uh, it's, 12, it's a whole Zodiac cycle newer than my car. Why so. did, did he explain to you why he had he's never driven up in one? I don't think his wife dri- did. He give you the backstory of why he even has one. No, he is didn't. he that should, loaded? Should I ask for the backstory? I you think, think there's you think I there's think a subplot least, there. Yeah, just at least to know, like yeah, with the the car's origin, uh, how it came to be, where it came from, and all that. Okay, well, whenever I get around to test driving it, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll make him spill the beans. <laughs> Text line: Does Teddy fit in a Ford Fusion? That's exactly what came to mind when I first <laughs> read that. That that is it's the upset of the century. But just for show content, I do hope that you buy it. Yeah, that would be outstanding. Teddy Lehman, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah. See, um, look, you guys got great ideas. Kendall says, I'm making my own shirt. The 918 has talent. Yes. Yes, it does. Well, we can get uh, our buddy Travis Davidson to uh, have those up there at his Tulsa remotes and uh, sell them or give them out, whatever. Sooner Soldier says, shirt idea. Our NIL deals include championships. Ooh, that's coming very strong with that T-shirt idea. Somebody said Ted won it in a poker game. I That would not surprise me whatsoever if he won a Ford Fusion in a poker game. I, I think that that's normally what's at stake when we're talking about Goldsby America poker games. I'll throw my wife's Ford Fusion in on this hand. <laughs> 405-651-3439. Keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More to come next. We're the ref. It's the homeless suitor fans. I love the Air Comfort Solutions text Me line. Me too. It's Tyler. amazing. If you use oh, it correctly, it's it's the greatest gift that we have. <laughs> Somebody said, mm-hmm. Teddy just lost cool points for admitting to owning a Fusion. I got to take the fall for that. I was the one that doxed Teddy <laughs> and his ownership of a Ford Fusion. So Parker needs to That's... hang a pair of crystal balls on the back of the Fusion. <laughs> Mark in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm six foot six, 300 pounds, and I fit in my wife's Fusion just fine. But then my favorite text of the entire day so far, you know, all two segments we've been doing, it just says, the sports animal stole the idea for this t-shirt. Oh! If the owners were to give me on the okay on that one, you buddy, you bet I would uh, be putting that t-shirt out. 100%. Oh, man. Cruise control is stuck on 69 on Teddy's Ford <laughs> Fusion, which is awesome. Uh, keep it coming, man. Uh, here's one that's serious. How serious is David Hicks 100% to A&M crystal ball prediction on 24-7? Yeah, so it's important to, it's important to recognize that that 100% figure does not mean that he is 100% going to Texas A&M. It means that 100% of the expert predictions for David Hicks are in favor of Texas A&M. And in his case, that consists of only a single prediction from our director of recruiting at 24-7 Sports, Steve Wiltfong. However, that is an old prediction. Much has changed since then. And I don't think anybody in the industry would any longer regard A&M as the outright favorite to land David Hicks. They are still a contender, but I do not consider them the favorite, nor do many with knowledge of that recruitment right now. That's not to say he doesn't end up an Aggie. That's just to say that the race is once again wide open. Uh, real quick, we got so many texts. Keep them flowing in. 405-651-3439. A shirt with Miguel Chavis quotes would be sick. You're not going to play for me if you're not violent. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm all in on Miguel Chavis and uh, putting his quotes on a T-shirt would go about as well as putting Brent Venables' quotes on T-shirts, which it seems like every single clothing company around here, Parker, uh, you just throw a Brent Venables quote on a T-shirt, it seems like it ends up selling pretty well. So, Miguel Chavis' quotes are, are, are pretty good, too, though. It's the kind of power you have when you're the head coach at the University of Oklahoma. You say anything, it sells. Yeah. Uh, Travis Davidson. Going to join us next segment, as he does every single Wednesday at 2.35. Uh, unless I forget, then some Wednesdays it's at 2.50. So, I think, or I'm predicting, OU's going to go 11-1 and this year. Travis thinks OU's going to go 11-1 and this year. Teddy thinks OU is going to roll off an 11-1 and season this year. And as many conversations as we've had about this football team, you and I have not gotten into final record for this team. Are you with the three of us on the 11-1 record? Are you going to go real bold and 12-0? and Are you going to slip it back to 10-2? and Where are you at as we're 38 days away from kick? 
Well, here's the thing. I I dislike making these kinds of projections 38 days before kick, and I don't mean that as a cop-out. More than anything, I want to see how fall camp progresses, not just for Oklahoma, but for the other teams in the Big 12. Everyone's going to have the best fall camp they've ever had before. There's your fall camp update. Uh, I mean, that's what you'll. Uh, that's what everybody will say in the public eye, but behind the scenes, uh, there can be a whole lot of rumblings and a whole lot of uh, rumors, as it were, that can give some indication as to what type of football team XYZ program is actually going to roll out in the fall. Now, I think Oklahoma has to be considered, if not the favorite to win the Big 12, one of the top two teams in the conference. I'd I'm not going to drink the burnt orange Kool-Aid. Why would you? I'm very high on Kansas State. I am probably higher than most, and that's a very popular sleeper team heading into the 2022 season. Baylor, the thing about Baylor to me is they're such a fundamentally sound, consistent, blue-collar, expertly coached football team that I find it hard to believe that they're not going to win double-digit games. But at the same time, I look at that team and I wonder, they only – okay, sure they handled Oklahoma last year. They handled Oklahoma in 2021. When the Sooners went down to Waco, <laughs> Dave Aranda and that Bear defense handed it to Mule Shoe and the Sooners. No doubt. But is that team – going to be able to overcome a Brent Venables program as easily as they were able to overcome a Mule Shoe program? No, of course not. No, because o- OU will actually have, especially at that point in the season, later on in the year, OU will have a match for Baylor's physicality. I said it all, la- I mean, all off season and immediately after the game. Baylor's game plan was pretty obvious, man. Like The Monday that they showed up, it was, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make it a point to be more physical than OU on Saturday. We're going to make it a point to stop the run game. We're going to make it a point to run the football at them. Like, it was almost like they knew, man, like, whatever happens in this game happens, but we're we're going to be the more physical team. That much we know. Like, Baylor made that decision, and OU didn't have an answer for that. They didn't have a counter for that. I think this time around with this team and this program, they're actually going to have a counter for teams who can legitimately out-physical them, Iowa State, Kansas State, Baylor's whom I'm thinking of. Now, kind of what I'm getting at here is I think if this is Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma Sooners heading into 2022, I think Baylor is the pretty clear odds-on favorite to win this conference and to win head-to-head against Oklahoma. With Brent Venables as the head coach, I'm not convinced that is the case at all. And so, ostensibly, I would say, yeah, Oklahoma, to me, is the favorite to win the Big 12. But it also makes me wonder, what am I missing? What am I missing? Because in 2020, for instance, nobody expected that Iowa State was going to be playing in Arlington in December 2019 nobody thought Baylor was going to be there heck rewind to last year that was maybe the most unexpected sure Big 12 championship matchup in Baylor and Oklahoma State since the reinception of the Big 12 championship game so every year it seems there is something that goes on in this conference and in particular some team that drastically outperforms expectations who's that going to be could be Kansas State. I mean, if, if it's not OU and Baylor, I'm with you. I would say Kansas State. Now, 
Adrian Martinez has got to stay healthy. If not, if they don't have Adrian Martinez, then K-State is going to turn into an average football team. Just like they were an average football team last year when you know they had to play um, God, who was their backup quarterback that was so bad a year ago. Will Lost Howard. Will Howard, yes. Ended up losing to Texas the final regular season game of the year. But if Adrian Martinez is legit, yeah, Kansas State can get there. And you're right, we have seen a trend. And I went back and looked. It feels like there's a team every single year. I don't think the two teams that have been the preseason selection to get to Arlington have made it to Arlington since the re-inception of the, of the conference championship game. Seems like there's at least one team coming from the middle of the pack. I think Baylor is the team, and I know this is not even close to a hot take, but I think Baylor is the team that is best equipped to take down Oklahoma. And if Baylor isn't the one loss on this Oklahoma schedule... I mean, sure, it it feels like almost everybody trips up somewhere along the line. Every single year. And I expect the this teams, team to do that somewhere, yeah, one yeah. time. The teams that don't are the Alabamas of the world, right? The teams that are just so much better than the rest. Not just so much more talented, but so much better coached than their peer programs that they're not as vulnerable and as susceptible to that out-of-the-blue upset loss. If Oklahoma gets past Baylor. I think yes, you're looking at 11 and 1 season. I think they take an upset loss somewhere along the line. It's just one of those things as as much as you hate to put that out in the air and as much as you hate to speculate about that, it's something that happens to all but three or four teams right. across college football every single year. So, we got a lot of text asking about who they're going to lose to and what I said yesterday Parker was, okay, well, who do you think the three toughest games this year are going to be? Uh, Baylor, Texas, at Nebraska. All right. Well, it's not going to yeah. be either any, either of those three games. All right. The, the lone loss isn't. They're not going to lose to UTEP. They're not going to lose to Kent State, and they're not going to lose to Kansas. Though I know it was close last year. There's half the games. They're not going to lose to the three best teams they play or the three worst teams nope. they play. Nope, you're exactly it's right. It's going to be and at Iowa State is a good candidate, right? Or uh, TCU at as TCU, well. at somewhere TCU. like that. Like if you if you really force me to pick which game they're going to lose, it's a total crap shoot and guess. And any game I throw out there, it's going to be like, what? They're not going to lose that game. But there seemingly is always one game where we say that, like, God, how did they lose to these guys? I guess it would be Iowa State or TCU for me. Yeah, and, la- and last year you could understand how they lost to Baylor and lost to Oklahoma State because those are two really good football teams. But you rewind to 2020, well, to- especially t- 2019 in conjunction with 2020. Nobody saw the Kansas State loss coming in 2019. No. Nobody. I and then, when they were up 21 points the second time. Yeah, exactly. And Kansas State at that point, they had like 50 active players for that game. They had like a third of their team down with COVID-19. And so the discourse leading into that matchup, especially given that it was being played at Owen Field on Oklahoma's t- home turf, it's like, okay, well, Kansas State's shorthanded. They're on the road. There was still a thought like 36, 48 hours before this game that it might get postponed or canceled altogether. There's no way this isn't a romp yeah. for Oklahoma. And then they get surprised again by the exact same team that beat them in Manhattan the year before. All right, we got to get to Travis Davidson. I texted Travis Davidson about an hour ago. I said, hey, I'm going to ask you to give a bold recruiting prediction today on the show. It can be OU, it can be non-OU, whatever he wants. So Travis is going to give us a bold recruiting prediction. You can as well on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. Travis joins us next. Got a feeling 
Travis Davidson's going to be bringing it today. He joins us every single Wednesday at 2.35. Travis Davidson, follow him on Twitter, at Travis Skoll, S-K-O-L. All right, man, I teased it going into the uh, last break there. What's your bold recruiting prediction for the uh, 2023 class, Travis? Well, again, appreciate you uh, for having me on, of course, as always. I always love my Wednesday segments with you guys. Um, When I'm thinking about, you know, when you ask me that, I initially go, okay, where do I I think Oklahoma is going to be ranked in the final rankings? Uh, It's tough to get too bold there. There are so many factors that go in. Uh, If it's about one specific kid, you know, that's a little bit tough. Don't know what news is out there and whatnot. So I am going to go with my bold prediction being, by the time this class is inked on National Signing Day, that there are four flips in it. Wow. So so I know, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, Yates and Bowen and all these guys, you know, potential flips. I think that as, as kids kind of sit back and they see maybe Texas flounders early against Bama and looks, looks awful, you never know what Notre Dame's going to look like early. You never know what Tennessee's going to look like. You think about some of these places um, that are up near the top that maybe haven't been very good lately. Miami hasn't been very good lately. Um, And maybe the hype kind of wears off as those losses start to stack up and our wins start to stack up. Um, You see the defensive line doing big things under Bates and Chavis. You see um, Belay's got the secondary cooking. Maybe, Maybe you were questioning how much of Levy's, you know, success with Levy, how much with Lane, anything like that. All of that gets a bit more clarity as the season rolls on, and I think you're going to get, you know, a, I think a total of four flips uh, by the time this uh, this class is all said and done. So Arch flips from Texas to OU is that is that one of the four? No, he's not a take. <laughs> okay, so Travis, <laughs> yeah. the natural question there is, and you mentioned two guys right off the top there, Peyton Bowen, Ryan Yates. Give us one other name, and it can be a name that's made the rounds in OU circles it can be an out there name but just give us one additional name that you think the Sooners will push to flip down the stretch I honestly I I I, I can't give you a name I, I literally I just I don't know I think it's going to be so out of the blue uh I, I think it's going to be I mean you look at how we closed last year's class you know we 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 had some guys come in that you know we didn't even know that, oh, you had any interest, they get there, they all of a sudden have interest with the new coaching staff, they get some offers out, uh, you know, they, they get some some late wins in the recruiting trail. Or Mason uh, Thomas think, being one of those, right? He qualified. Yeah, and I, it, absolutely. And I, and I think you're going to see some things like that where it's late in the cycle, um, they've been working on some guys throughout the season that maybe we don't even know about right now because maybe they haven't identified who they're, who they're wanting to go after or if they're even available. Um, so, yeah, I – I won't. Uh, I won't say any 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 names of the two, the two bonus ones outside of the two that OU fans have heard. You know that are such big targets for us. But yeah, I think at, at the end of the day, I think it's four flips for this class. I love that. Hey, I'm looking at one position in particular that is fascinating to me, and I'm not worried about running back. In fact, I'm really confident in running back guys. But then I look at kind of who they have in, you know, depth-wise. You've got Eric Eric Gray. Javante Barnes is there. Marcus Major. Tawi Walker. Gavin Sawchuk. You've got a transfer from UCF. Guys, it feels like they have like five dudes that can really play. How is the, how's the running back room going to sort out this year? Uh, I, I personally, you know, 1A, 1B, 
uh, with Eric Gray and Javante Barnes for me. I think, you know, you got to remember back to um, Eric Gray and kind of what his recruiting was like. He was the number three all-purpose back in the country, and Lincoln Riley forgot that you're allowed to throw to running backs. Uh, so I think with his pass-catching ability, I think he's going to unlock a whole other half um, of his skill set. Um, Javante obviously has the, the, the early makings of a star, but give me Tawi Walker uh, as the number three back. I like what I saw in the spring game from him. Um, I think you know all the all the reviews out of uh, kind of the, the Vegas area where he hails from uh, are, are nothing but great things. When uh, when Parker and I were out at OT seven, I talked to a couple of the the locals that were there with the, the local team, and they could not stop talking about Tawi Walker. So. Uh, big fan, big fan of him. Uh, I think he gets that kind of bowling ball role in the in the second half as Levy likes to lean on defenses once he gets that big lead. Um, so yeah, uh, give, give me those three at the top of the depth chart. Obviously, Gavin Sawchuk's speed uh, will will set him apart from a lot of a lot of guys really quickly. You get that guy, you get that guy in the, in, in some space. He breaks one tackle and and he's going to be gone. So I really like the weapons uh, that we've got in that running back room. Let's talk about Bill Biedenboe, Travis, because there is a certain contingent of this Oklahoma fan base that seems determined to crucify him for the sins of Benny Wiley. You look ahead to the 2022 season, and Jerry Schmidt is back in the weight room running the ship for Oklahoma. Uh, Biedenboe has a fourfold class coming in in the cycle of 2023 between uh, an absolute mauler in Caden Green, a guy that's versatile, can play all three positions, uh, and is one of the most college-ready offensive linemen in that class. You get the top center in the country in the eyes of many and Josh Bates out of the state of Colorado. You get two high upside tackles in Heath Ozida and Logan Howland. So uh, there is more ammunition and route for Bill Biedenboe. But as you look ahead to what he has in the chamber in 2022 in terms of personnel, in terms of talent, you're talking about uh, some of the newer guys, some of the younger guys, not just Jacob Sexton and Jake Taylor, but uh, you think about guys that haven't really cracked it yet at Oklahoma that are looking to break through. I think of somebody like Aaron Parks, for instance, and you combine that with the veterans, McCade Mattire, Robert Conjol, Anton Harrison, you'd categorize as a veteran now at this point. How pivotal, t- Travis, and I know I'm getting long-winded with this question, but how pivotal do you think the 2022 season is for Bill Biedenboe when it comes to his pers- the, the public perception of Coach B as an offensive line coach? Um, I, I honestly, as crazy as this sounds, I don't think it's that big because I think people that have paid attention to football, that have watched his career, everything like that, I think that's cemented. I don't think you don't say that. I don't think people that I mean I don't think that people that have watched him would question whether or not you know his talent as a coach. Um, I mean the jury's not out on that anymore with anybody that knows what they're talking about. So, uh, but I do I do think that he is salivating uh, at the uh, you know at the prospect of having Schmitty built offensive linemen now and saying hey I mean we're going to be able to blow guys off the ball now and you think back to. You know, the, the really, really good offensive lines, 2017, 2018, obviously won the Joe Moore Award. They were nasty. He talks about that mentality. He wants people to be just absolutely pancaking, body slamming, embarrassing their opponent. And that's when Bill Biedenboe is best, is when he's got, he's got those animals along the offensive line. Well, 
I think now when he gets back to that, I think there is going to be a validation from a certain part of the fan base that has been doubting him. But, I mean, those of us, like I said, that, that know Bill Beanbow's track record, um, I mean, there's, there's no doubt he's one of the, if not the best offensive line coach in the country. Travis Davidson is our guest. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Travis Skoll, S-K-O-L. Derek LeBlanc announcing tomorrow, four-star defensive lineman out of the state of Florida, 6'4", 270. Three crystal ball predictions are in. All of them point towards OU. How are you feeling about OU's chances to land uh, what would be a big-time, big-time get up front of the D-line? Uh, I love the chances. Uh, I obviously uh, am not one that has the ability to put in crystal balls, but uh, I would put one in as well. Um, really excited about the prospect. Big gift for Todd Bates um, right out of the gate, so really excited about that. And we keep on going all across the country and getting blue-chip defenders. Um, I think this is a trend, obviously, that we're going to see continue, um, but we are just scratching the surface of um, of defensive line recruitment under Todd Bates. Like I said a little earlier, you see, you know, you kind of look around the country and see some people, you know, altering a bit, and then you look over at Oklahoma and see their defensive line uh, you know, improving by leaps and bounds over a defensive line that's had a, a bunch of NFL talent on it last year. Um, when you see the big improvements, I think the floodgates are going to open uh, for Todd Bates. Hey, by the way, did you guys see the lyrics that an OU fan made to not messing with Schmitty <laughs> but messing with Benny? Did oh, yes. Did you guys see that? Travis, pretty did you see genius. this? I, I have not seen it. Okay, um, I'll just read like the first four lines here, and uh, yeah, you can find it. It's In the good. style of Malcolm Kelly, yes. please. Boys losing pride, going to get skunked, head back to Long Beach, nail polish in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's just like ripping on USC. And, oh, yeah, can't get an O-line, don't need a running back is on there. Maybe NIL, maybe hair gel. Dude, it, it's... It's pretty awesome. I, someone out there who has much better rhythm and a voice than me needs to uh, use these lyrics and somehow repurpose that into, you know, having a you know, rap it or something like that. I, I, I don't know. That was incredible. But it, was, it was pretty amazing. All right, dude. Uh, I guess we'll talk to you on Friday. Yeah, sounds great. Looking forward to it. Ought to, ought to have a, a really good show. There you go. Travis Davidson, every single Wednesday at 235. And with me on Fridays from 3 to 6. Air Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. You rolled in some hot takes on recruiting. We'll get to them next. Keep it locked on the ref. Elite Roofing Systems bring you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. Air Coverage Solutions text line says, Arch decommits and instead signs with the other UT. Talking about the University of Tennessee. Well, they've got I mean, Nico committed. Is there a thought that he might decommit? I've mentioned that before, and I'll be honest. I don't think – well, I, I shouldn't say it. I, I don't know what to think right now, that situation in Tennessee. It just feels like – it feels like something's off there, I'll say. And I've heard from a couple people that I trust that Nico might not end up signing with Tennessee and might end up opening things back up. But on the other hand, I just i i haven't i haven't heard anything that would corroborate that from anyone else within the twenty four seven sports network, right. which is usually who I check with on things sure. like that. And so uh, until uh, somebody like Steve Wiltfong is out there saying in the public eye, "Hey, watch out for 
the situation in Tennessee between UT and Nico Yamaleava. I'm content to write those off as nothing more than rumors for the time being. Hot take, uh, 940 area code. Sooners will sign Derek LeBlanc, Edric Hill, and David Hicks. Well, that's realistic. That would be two four-star defensive linemen and a five-star defensive lineman. That would be the most impressive collection of defensive line talent that OU has hauled in one class in a long time. That's not even counting P.J. Adabare potentially Akana out of the state of Utah, who's a four-star. I I mean, that would be like maybe the best defensive line class OU's ever had before. I mean, holy crap, if that yeah. happens, Tyler. And it, it's realistic. That's the thing. It's like Oklahoma's almost assuredly getting LeBlanc tomorrow. They th- This weekend, they have the opportunity to make big strides in Hill's recruitment. As I've said before, I still favor Alabama there, but Oklahoma's the school that can upset the apple cart. And then for DJ Hicks, it's anybody's guess down the stretch, but Oklahoma has as good a chance as anyone. There is a four-star quarterback on campus today. There is. Michael Hawkins is here, 2024 prospect. Got an offer from Alabama. Got an offer from Michigan. Got an offer from Arkansas as well. He's an OU legacy, but doesn't have the OU offer. What's the odds that he leaves town today with that OU offer? I mean, I, I would love for it to happen. I'm just not convinced it does, though. I think Oklahoma's going to continue to push for Lagway and Michael Van Buren until they see some of Michael Hawkins' junior film. And I think at that point they probably loop around and take another look. I would love for the kid to get an offer this weekend. I hope it happens. I'm just not convinced that's the way it goes down. Yeah, it Lagway's their number one option there, and it feels like they're going like, to really stay heavily in on that until – the writing's on the wall that, you know, he wants to go to Florida or elsewhere. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homeless Theater fans.